I have to say, I think I was wrong about Pinball Expo 2018. We got a lot of stuff coming from that show this year. And so for those of you who went, uh, it looks like you had a really, really good time in Chicago. We're going to do a recap of Pinball Expo 2018 on episode 273 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We're going to talk a lot about Deep Root Pinball on this podcast. I am going to uh, give my thoughts about their seminar. I've actually also uh, grabbed what I think are the most important sound bites from their seminar. We're going to discuss everything they said because there's a lot. There's a lot that they're saying in that hour seminar that they gave. Uh, I'm also going to talk about Mike Tyson and how it was really awesome to see Mike Tyson make a surprise appearance at Pinball Expo 2018. And he was actually in the Deep Root uh, seminar. And I'm not sure if you saw him, uh, but I'm going to air the clip of Mike Tyson there, which is completely incredible that we're getting someone of his caliber into pinball, and they say pinball is not growing, okay? Um, Before we talk about Deep Root, and I want to sort of end this show talking primarily about them, um, let's just go down a recap of how I think everybody did at Pinball Expo 2018 and what I think the next steps are going to be from these companies, all right? Can we do that real quick? All right, let's jump right in. So number one, American Pinball Oktoberfest. So this was the big reveal. This was the big reveal of the show, and I think a lot of people uh, were looking forward to seeing what would be next from American Pinball, and we saw this Thursday night, and there was a lot of conversation, a lot of response, a lot of feedback to what we saw with Oktoberfest, and I think we sort of hit the nail on the head a little bit that the overall feeling is a little bit of a mixed bag, and I think there is some work to be done in terms of the artwork and the animations on this game. You know, I have one question for everybody out there. If Stern Pinball revealed a pinball machine with this art package, what would the response be, right? People would probably burn Stern Pinball down to the ground. And it's not like it's that bad. But the problem now in pinball is that artwork has become so good that you really can't ask people to buy a game where the artwork will be probably you know, one of the most permanent items in the game, right? Artwork and design will not change after you buy it. And I think we heard loud and clear from everyone out there. We just want the art to be as good as it can be. And I think these guys are lucky that they got a lot of really good feedback. And so we'll see what they do with the artwork on the playfield. And I think even that is more important than the animations because they can always fix those later on, but the artwork is permanent and it needs to be addressed and I hope they address it. All right. So I over, I applaud the game design. I I think Balser continues to give us um, completely original thinking and fun new designs that uh, are not the same old cookie cutter uh, fan layouts. So I think everyone feels that way about the game. Um, I also still walk away thinking that it's going to be a very tough game to sell. And I've said this from the very beginning. If you think theme doesn't matter, you're absolutely wrong. Theme does matter a lot. Now, I still think people will buy original IPs and fun themes, uh, but this one is a hard one. This isn't a festival in America that is widely embraced. uh, And it's it's just sort of difficult for people with everything going on in the pinball world to say, this is it. 
this is where I'm going to spend $7,500, okay? There is so much out there, and there's so much going on, and we're going to hear this when we talk about Deep Root, but there's almost like this climate now where you kind of are going to be gun-shy until you are absolutely sure this is the game you want to own. And I think, you know, when I see distributors saying, place your order now for Oktoberfest, it's really kind of weird to me. It's like pretty premature. I, I think there's work to be done in this game. I really do. I don't think there is any reason why you would buy this game right now. And I think that's the other challenge with these companies where if there is no LE, fear of missing out, why wouldn't you just wait? We know they're going to be making Oktoberfest for a year or two. So there's absolutely no reason to buy it now. And I think that culture of buy it now in pinball is really fading away fast. And without it, this is the crazy part. When you remove that, that hype train and that fear of missing out, the only way for your company to succeed then is to give people the total package so that on day one, they just really want to have the game. They're not really concerned about collectability and this and that and resale. They just don't see anything they don't like. All they see is something they want to buy now. And, and I kind of like the fact that we're moving towards that environment. All right. Speaking of a company who knows how to create that, though, a company that knows how to get you to say, take my money now, a company that has thrived on creating an environment of fear of missing out, Stern Pinball. And Stern Pinball really didn't do anything at Expo this year. There, there was no new news from Stern. There was some new code updates. But for the most part, um, I do think it kind of sucks that the world's biggest pinball manufacturer, who is also located in Chicago, doesn't bring anything new to the show itself. And that sucks. It really does suck because we know we're going to see the Munsters in a couple weeks and we're going to, you know, get the reveal and it's going to be the typical, you know, media outlet, IGN, this and that. They could have at least just announced what we already know. You know, how silly is it that John Borg on Facebook actually announces that Munsters is next and it's coming out mid-November and we all know that and yet only the you know the diehard geeks that are at the show we're like we're the only ones that even care about this stuff you couldn't just give them confirmation or give them something to chew on and get excited over and i just think that sucks i think it sucks i don't i really don't care to hear stern go up there and talk for 4 hours about games that have been out that games that they've already talked about. They've, they've been interviewed a million times by every other podcast about these games. Nothing new to hear. So that was Stern Pinball's uh, you know, sort of presence at Pinball Expo. Uh, Jersey Jack Pinball, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, it's starting to ship. I feel like I say that every single week. Pirates of the Caribbean is starting to ship. It, it's, it's like a broken record. Uh, but I saw that Jack made a video that Eric Katz's game... Uh, is no longer a European game. It's actually his game, and it's going on a truck to Eric's house. So congratulations. Um, you know, look, hype around this game. It, it's it, I, I just I don't hear anyone talking about it the way they used to. Uh, I think it's amazing what a difference a year makes. Uh, I don't want to go on about this game. I hope you guys who order it get it soon. I hope you guys who are curious get to play it soon uh, at a barcade or a friend's house near you. Uh, every time I go on to the thread of the people who play it, 
It's always the same thing with this game. It's like, the game is awesome. The game is amazing. The game is so simple to play. It's so much fun. And then they're like, here's what you got to do. And then they write paragraphs about how you have to figure the game out. And I'm like, oh my God, facepalm moment. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I think that Pirates of the Caribbean will go down as probably the worst-selling Jersey Jack pinball machine um, to date. And I think it will struggle big time to even sell as many as dialed in. I don't think it'll ever reach the level of The Hobbit. I think people are going to pass on this title. It's because they don't want the theme, and it's because we all know that Toy Story, Guns N' Roses, and Willy Wonka are right around the corner from JJP. I think this game's gonna go down as like, it was revealed too early, it wasn't a theme you wanted, and Keith went crazy on the code and made it complex chess game instead of pinball. And even though homeowners will say what a great game it is, I, I think the enthusiasm to own this game has sailed away, no pun intended. And, you know, I saw Hilton and Crazy Levy arguing on Pinside about Dialed In. And, and, and Hilton's like, Dialed In's a great game. Like, it's, it's sales are going up. And sell Hilton, you're not well in the head, my friend. Even Jack, even Jack released the numbers. Dialed In is the worst-selling Jersey Jack pinball machine by far. Okay, and you really have to consider Dialed In to complete to be a complete and utter failure for the company. And here's why. Jack gave Pat Lawler five years a blank check. He got to make the game he wanted to make without any restrictions, without any um, limitations, and he delivered dialed in. Now, Pat Lawler is a god in the pinball world. You would Jack probably thought, that if Wizard of Oz could sell me three, 4,000 units, if Hobbit could sell me 2,000, 2,500 units, that Pat Lawler's much-anticipated return to pinball would sell me five to 7,000 units. Instead, it's like, what, like 1,200, 1,400 at most? And now that there are so many dialed-ins going up for sale, mint games going up for sale on the used market, it's done. It's absolutely done. This is where like orders just dry up so quickly on these games because you can go get one for so cheap. Why would you go buy a new one? It's like The Hobbit. Why would anyone buy a Black Arrow edition for 8500 uh, when they can go get a used Smaug LE for like six to 6500 You're going to spend 2000 more when you can go buy like the same exact game? Uh, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, Hilton went into two bars in Wisconsin and saw the game there and saw people playing it. So because of that focus group of two, um, Hilton has jumped to the conclusion that Dialed In is a hugely successful game and, and sales are, are, are going through the roof. So, you know, maybe he's right. That He's really a smart guy. All right, so let's go on to Spooky. Spooky Pinball at the show. Uh, you know, Charlie and Scott Denisi went up there and talked. You know, not much new from Spooky here. We all knew that Spooky sort of had his big reveal at TPF with Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. I think that, uh, you know, there's nothing really much to talk about. Scott Denisi, he teased his game, too, as being Scott Denisi's haunted house. Uh, that's totally bullshit. There's no way that's the title of the game. Scott is totally trolling everybody. He's going to keep trolling the community about what his next title is with Spooky. 
Um, and, you know, th that's going to be that. He's got a good sense of humor. I actually think people are more excited to see what's next from Scott Denisi than they are to see what's next from Chuck. And as I said it before, like, you know, Chuck should just let Scott design his games. Uh, I, that's what I would do. Or hire another designer. Uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, the delay for it is is pretty interesting. You know, it's like, it's a weird, it's a weird, like, economy around that game where it doesn't matter. People are locked in. People committed to wanting it. And I've said it before. I think a lot of people committed to wanting this game before ever playing it. And I think most of that is just to support Chuck and, and, and co and, and, and either, you know, or you're like a diehard Alice Cooper fan, uh, whatever your reasons were for going in on this game without ever playing it. Uh, you know, I, I think you could be disappointed, uh, simply because you might have to wait a really, really long time. And there might be a lot of other games coming out that you might want instead. And I, and we're going to see this when we talk about Deep Root. I mean, how many games are coming out in 2019? Because it sounds like a shit ton if you believe everything they're saying. All right. So let's go on now next to Chicago Gaming Company, Monster Bash Remake. Everyone considers it to be great. I've heard nothing but amazing things about the title. So congrats on getting that game finally out the door. Uh, it's amazing to you how quickly, though, uh, I think hype just sort of leaves the building on a game that is just a remake, right? And you're never, you're not going to have a new experience playing this game. It's the same game. Um, I don't think there's going to be any rush to have to get 12, one of the LEs at 1250. Uh, they will not sell out. There will still be Monster Bash remakes, LEs for sale a year from now, new in box that you can go buy from a distributor. So again, the climate is shifting. We're all feeling it. It's this, see, it's softening in this sense. Like, you are no longer going to see take my money now immediate sellouts of games, you know, and, you know, when Stern releases Munster's LE, you know, is it going to sell out immediately? Uh, I, I mean, I just don't see people being that anxious anymore because of the, the cadence and the amount of titles coming out. Uh, I think people are going to wait. Why rush? Why rush it? I mean, look, it almost takes Stern like two years to finish the code on some of these games. And so you're going to buy a game and you're just going to wait and wait and wait for it to be done. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. One other thing that I want to talk all about Deep Root. This is going to be primarily Deep Root's podcast. Uh, the black and white Twilight Zone. Did you guys see that at the show? Absolutely incredible. Absolutely phenomenal job creating that game. It, it looks like your eyes are fooling you when you look at that game amongst all the colorful games next to it. I inquired about how much they would sell that game for. And you know what they told me? They said they're not accepting any offers yet, but they reject it in offer to buy that game or, or maybe not even reject it, but they received an offer to buy the game for $35,000. 35 grand someone wanted to pay for it. For I mean, it is kind of like a one-off Twilight Zone that took hours and hours and hours to, to do. Uh, but here's the thing. Once you do all that work, once you do all of it, it's not as hard to do it again the second time. Uh, but, you know, see, to me, that's what I would like to see. A company say, hey, we're going to make 25 black and white Twilight Zone editions. They're like $20,000 each. Place your order now. I, why not? I, I think they would sell them. And it's such a unique work of art. I mean, when you start doing stuff like that, you solely are making a work of art based on a classic pinball machine. All right. Let's talk about Deep Root. Because if you didn't hear...
the Deep Root Seminar on, uh, what was it, Friday night or Saturday? Maybe it was Saturday. Uh, I think you really uh, are going to be in for a treat on this podcast because what I've done after listening to it all, I, I listened to it all. And, you know, I'm friends with Robert and I talk to Robert and I, I've said before on this podcast, there is only one pinball company that really has me curious and fully excited about what they're going to do. And that's Deep Root. And, and the reason why I say that is because I think for the most part, we all know what to expect from the other manufacturers. We know the next Stern is going to be like kind of just another Stern, right? They're not, you're never going to get a Stern pinball machine that ever looks like it's worth $9,000. You're never going to get there ever, ever, ever. We know they know we're fools. We know that. We, let me repeat that. We all know that Stern knows that we are suckers, okay? We, we have to admit that reality, that we will buy a $9,000 pinball machine that has different stickers and it's basically the same game as like a $5,500 machine, all right? So that means we're suckers, okay? We know that Jersey Jack Pinball will try so hard to put so much into games and to like bring, you know, Bally Williams era pinball back. We know Jack has this mission and, and creates these, you know, magical games, but he always sort of finds new ways to miss the mark. We know that. We, we know that he can't seem to ever just get it right. That it always is like something comes up way short. Um, but his games do feel like they're worth the money though. Okay, but but where Jack falls down is none of the games are like, you know, you don't have that like sort of like emotional bond or connection or giddiness uh, when you jump on them. And and it's just, you know, it's, it's just like what new way will Jack find to fuck up a game that that's kind of like how I feel at this point. Um, spooky games are spooky games like they just feel like a level above sort of basic homebrew pinball that is, you know, manufactured to a certain number, but they're they're not. It, it, nothing happening in a spooky game feels like it's anything we haven't seen before in pinball, right? It doesn't. None of it feels like that innovative. And, and it's, like, it's like innovative for them, but not innovative for the industry, okay? Um, P3 tried way too hard to reinvent so many aspects of pinball, and we know that consumers are just not biting on it, right? Uh, what else? I think Dutch pinball and highway, gone, right? I'm not even going to talk about them. So when you look at the pinball landscape and you want to ask yourself, who's got me curious? Who's trying to really change the game at this point? You know, who's trying to change the game uh, in, in a new way that hasn't like proven to me that they can't do it? Well, look, Deep Root Pinball is in a really interesting position. Uh, and simply because they're selling us one thing right now. They're selling us on hype. And there's maybe I'm going to list more than one thing. But they're really selling us a company that has yet to even make one game. But they are selling us on their passion. They're selling us on like their collaboration. They are making so many bold statements and promises about what they're going to do to the pinball industry uh, that literally, literally, I walk away after hearing everything they say with only two emotions, okay? One emotion is these guys are full of shit. Like they're full of shit. They're crazy. All the things they're saying, they have to be full of shit, right? The other emotion I have is, wow, I think they're going to do it. Like they sound like they're doing something absolutely magical that we've all been waiting for in pinball. And in my head, 
I have those two emotions sort of competing with each other. Like, wh wh which one is it? And, and it's not even like I feel like there's a middle ground. It's like they're either going to fucking knock it out of the park or they're going to be the biggest laughing stock of the pinball world in 2019. Now, I tend to believe the latter. I think there has to be something going on over there that has got all these people um, working there, saying what they're saying, and, and committed to this thing. And what I want to do on this podcast is I want to play for you sound clips from the Deep Root Seminar. And I want you just to listen to it. I've strung them all together. So you're going to listen to about five minutes of what this company is promising you and promising to do to the pinball industry. And look, there's a lot of hyperbole here. There's a lot of uh, extreme promises. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I almost would say like an exaggerated way to, to, you know, to make proclamations about pinball. I mean, they're talking everything from, you know, we're going to change the game. We're going to change the narrative. So you're, you know, you're going to get games that are story driven. You're going to get mechs like you've never seen before. You're going to get code like you've never seen before. We're doing stuff that's never been done before. And you're going to have all this and we're going to, you know, in March and we're going to ship more games in this year and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I want you, you know, when you hear all this to just absorb it all. Okay, absorb it all. And then I want to give my opinion about what all of this means, right? And what can it mean for the pinball industry? Um, before I do that, I, I, I did think it was funny that when they introduced their designers, this is what it was like when Deep Root and Robert took the stage and he introduced his team because we knew we were going to get the return of a man that is, uh, you know, we thought we would never see from again. And that is John Papa Juke Jr. You know, it is kind of crazy that J-Pop, after all he's been through, after everything he's done, after all the money he took from people, after all the money he lost, after all the failed promises, listening to him talk about pinball at Pinball Expo 2018 is kind of incredible. The fact that he should have gone extinct right? We all feel that way. How did he not go extinct? How is he still around? So the words he says are also very interesting. And I'll say this, I'll say this. Um, I think the reception he got spoke volumes about what you guys felt about his return to pinball. And when you listen to this clip, the actual introductions and applause that everyone else got is accurate. I literally, I edited down a little bit, but those are the, those are the accurate feelings the crowd had. And then when it went to J-pop, it was something like this. Listen, everyone. Well, I'm Barry Osler and... <laughs> uh, so I'm Quinn Johnson. Uh... Uh, my name is John Norris. And I'm 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 Dennis Nordman, and I've been been designing games on and off for the last thirty years, I guess. Huh? Uh, my name is Stephen Bowden, and I've been a pinball league and tournament player since two thousand four. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my name is John uh, Papaduke. 
You hid the mother load. You saw me sign for a million with your own eyes. And it's right there, just inches away. It's <laughs> 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 making the whole thing. <laughs> so there was complete silence after john papaduke announced himself and and we're not surprised by that we're not surprised by that okay so from then on there was an hour-long seminar where robert Mueller was moderating and asking his team different questions and i'll say this when you hear all of this together now um it is pretty it is pretty incredible um what these guys are claiming they're going to do to pinball and i want to just play this for you so take a listen to canada's greatest sound clips from the deep root pinball expo 2018 seminar and when we're done with this we're going to come back and we're going to analyze some of the things these guys are saying they're going to do in pinball we have some of the most amazing talent uh people coming from uh, feature films um coming from triple a video games they're going to uh, blow your socks off with the quality of, of sort of the video and animation and audio uh, that we're going to be doing. I have no place here, really. Uh, I grew up loving video games and not pinball. Um, I have nothing to do with pinball, nothing to do with manufacturing. Well, what's, 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 what's been going on here? Just it's got this Jersey board to move down to San Antonio. And it's the best decision I've ever made, I think. And so I think the stuff that we're putting together is stuff that no one's, it's kind of stuff that people have never seen before with, with pinball. And so it's going to be super exciting. So part of the problem is you can't work on a game for four years and not finish it. You have to finish it in a reasonable amount of time, cut it off, move forward, take all that, those extra ideas and, you know, put them on the next game and the next game and kind of keep it going. Because people don't want to wait like five years for a game. It's just, you know, it's just, it, it needs to be done in, in a more finite thing. So you're a smart motherfucker. That's right. How has Deep Root changed the way that you design uh, for, for pinball? I don't get to stay home for snow days anymore. <laughs> uh, what we're doing and the new design and, and um, a lot of new technology and things coming forth that's never been done in pinball before. I don't think uh, the pinball world's ever seen uh, a rule set designer yet uh, at the level that Steve has come in and just pounded things out. I'm we came up with a new type of a diverter system that kind of hasn't been done. Robert's letting us... Um do whatever we want in our games up to a point. He hasn't told me yet I can't put something in. So, I mean, my first game was really loaded with cool stuff. I don't know how much might come out of it in the future, but right now it's pretty interesting. Awesomest things about working with Deeper is that we are breaking a lot of molds and we're shifting a lot of paradigms. And so it's opening up whole, I mean, the way I look at it, it's opening up a whole new era, I guess you could say. I know that sounds super dramatic, but I mean, it's being, opening up a whole new era of what pinball now can become. And so it opens up so many new avenues for, for these pinball games to be these really amazing, awesome experiences that were never possible before. Get ready. That's awesome. This is pretty cool, like the gig that we got going and people kind of don't have any idea. TPF in March. We're going to have some amazing things. So um, I think each one of the designers has put a lot of effort without any thought to cost um, or complexity into uh, a, lot of different, um, a lot of different mechs. I know the famous one for, uh, for John Papaduke is, you know, uh, shipping out magic girls without the ball floating in midair. And it might seem like an easy thing to do, but it's never been done before in pinball because it's almost impossible to do, trust us.
until Deep Root got their hands on it. And uh, I'm very, very happy to say that we have a, a very good solution to that. And uh, it's really good. But it's no different than each one of the other designers. Uh, I think each one of the games now has something never done before in pinball. And I will say, um, I'll add to that about prices. Uh, we would love to get prices lower than any pinball company has ever done, but with more quality and uh, toys in it than any pinball company has ever done. Yes, we will release more titles in 2019 than any pinball company in history. In fact, we'll also release more than most of the entire industry released in, in one year, uh, given any given year, so um, stay tuned. I'm not worried whether something is very profitable or not on a, on a per title basis. Um, the way we've designed everything internally is that any pinball machine sold will be profitable. Um, so I think um, I, I can't, I don't, my brain doesn't work. I know, high, you know Highway kind of ruined the two weeks quote um, before I even knew that was a quote, but um, our, our goal is still to be able to sell a game and get it to a customer in two weeks or less. Follows our ethos that we want to be able to man manufacture as much as possible in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks. Deep Root is going to make it, and we're going to surprise you with some cool stuff. And um, doing a lot of cool things that have never been done, or probably never even thought of. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I live, breathe pinball. Despite running 17 other businesses, I, I live, breathe pinball 24/7. I can't get it out of my mind, and it's it's a curse. And uh, I know a lot of the people here. Uh, and, and back at the uh, the two offices that we have uh, have the same curse, and we're coming up with some of the craziest, zaniest things ever, and then making them reality. I would love to see our machines last 50 to 100 years, as, as some are. I don't think we've underestimated anything yet, but we're going to have the same problems every new manufacturer has in getting a line up and going. We're going to have a lot of successes. We're going to have some challenges, and we're going to work through them. I think what's really um, helped us a lot is that we've been talking about them for the beginning from years. Um, and while it's a different thing in planning as best as you can to actually start manufacturing where, where still things are going to pop up that you can't even imagine or, or think of beforehand, uh, I think that uh, um, we've got some great talent uh, in our engineering and technician department. And uh, uh, come rain or shine, when we get to March, uh, people are going to be able to buy pinball machines from Deep Root and put them in their home. And we're going to try to make the best damn games we can, so come March, get ready to buy them. Yeah, I have uh, similar feelings. I'm, I'm just thankful to Robert and Deep Root for allowing me to do two original themes, which is something I've wanted to do for years and years and years, so I'm really happy to be able to be doing that. Get ready. <laughs> applause, applause, applause. People are clapping for a company that has never shipped a game, that has self-admittedly um, never manufactured a single thing around pinball ever, uh, that has not shown us a single mechanism, that has not shown us a single piece of artwork, that has no distributor base, that has no sales model in place, that has absolutely done nothing but talk about what they're going to do. And yet people were clapping. And that is the phenomenon of modern pinball marketing is you literally you get credit before credit is due and look we've seen this many many times before but but here is the difference and here is why I can't I can't sit here on this show 
and tell you, even after hearing all of that, we're going to talk about all that stuff, I still can't really tell you that I think these guys are full of shit. And here's why. All right. But, you know, here's why. Because Steve Bowden, like, he's a really credible dude. He's a really credible dude. And he, like, moved all the way from New Jersey to Texas. And he is basically telling everybody, get ready. Like, why would Steve do that? Why? Like, he... He, he has such a reputation and so much credibility in this hobby that Steve Bowden would never do that. John Norris, why would he get up there and, and say how passionate he is and how committed he is to this? Why? Um, Dennis Nornman, who, Dennis Nornman, who when he saw that Andrew Highway was full of shit, which was really early on, he got the fuck out of highway pinball immediately when he saw that Andrew was full of shit. He's not saying that now. He's there. He's up there. He's making two new games. He's excited. Quinton, all these guys. I mean, it, it literally, it literally, if it was just Robert Mueller and John Papaduke, you know, slapping ideas around in Texas, we would all call this thing full of shit. Never going to happen. Another Pentasia, another Zidware, another fiasco. This can't be bullshit. It, it just, like, literally, there, there is no way that Robert Mueller could get all of these people to get all of these other people, you know, animators, mechanical engineers, everyone's working on these pinball games, and they're talking this big talk, and I don't know how... It's bullshit because they're all there. Now, but here's the thing. I need to play devil's advocate because we keep hearing at, when, you know, when you hear these guys say stuff like, we're going to do all this stuff that's never been done before. We've figured out the magic girl levitating ball that was impossible, but we figured it out. Um, you know, we're going to make more games in 2019 than every other pinball company combined. Okay, let's just like take that statement, for example. There were like eight to nine games released in a year, right? We're at this point now where that's where we're at with total manufacturers combined, right? Everything from every manufacturer. How is Deep Root Pinball, who's never made a single game before, going to go from zero to nine games a year when Jack at Jersey Jack can only make like four games in seven years? You know, Stern is still only making like four games or five games and look at their facility. How are they going to make more than that? Right? So there's not, there's not even like a physical. So you, you could, you could say like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's quality over quantity, Chris, right? Maybe we're going to make seven, eight games. But we're not going to make 5,000 of each, but then you start to hear stuff like it does, you know, we don't have to worry about profitability. Like, how is that possible? How is every game immediately profitable? There's no way. Like, you know, you you can't have a crystal ball to the point where you know what the demand is going to be for each game. And you can't just make one part for each order. You're going to have to make parts in bulk to get the cost down. Because that's the other thing they said, right? Is we're going to make games cheaper than anyone's ever made it before. And they're going to be better. Right? It sounds so good. It sounds too good to be true. So the devil's advocate in me is like, well, how are they going to do that? 
How are they going to do that? I mean, all they really needed to do to put themselves on the map was just to make one great game and immediately Deep Root would have, to have everyone's attention. But their sights are far higher than that. It's not just one game. It's, it's multiple games. It's multiple games from multiple designers all happening at once with, with people from the film industry and people from the video game industry and engineers and, and software coders, artists. Everything you can think of has been thought of and is being worked on to deliver something that we've never seen before. Like We, we keep hearing that. Like this, You're going to get something that has never happened before in pinball. Okay, so after hearing all of that, right? And, and, and I apologize, Robert, for some of the humor I had to inject into some of those lines. So after hearing all of that, what are we supposed to take away? Like, what are we supposed to expect now at uh, TPF? Now, one of the things in marketing that you always have to be careful of, it's you have to be careful of managing the expectations of the consumer, right? I don't know what we're supposed to expect other than the greatest pinball machines ever made of all time right now. Okay, because when I hear what they've said, th those are my expectations now, that you're going to give me the greatest pinball machines of all time, and you're going to do it as your initial titles without any experience, without any previous uh, manufacturing, without any games to learn off of. This is it. Like, you literally have just promised everybody the greatest pinball ever. Now look, I, you know, to their defense, they are hiring people who have been doing pinball for decades. So this isn't like all new people, you know, taking a swing at it. But it's a really, it's a really incredible uh, headspace they've put us all in uh, because there's no, there's nowhere I feel like for them to go now, but down when it comes to you know, living up to those expectations. And that's the challenge. And that's why if I were them, and I've said this before, it's like, what, what, what value is there in setting expectations this high? What, why do it? Like, why come to Expo in October to say this stuff? I mean, it, it definitely puts you on the map. It definitely piques people's curiosity. Uh, but now there is like an extreme pressure to deliver something that is that magical. And Robert was saying like they, you know, in the interview, like they've got a countdown clock that's counting down to TPF that they need to get everything ready by. And so if we've learned one thing in this hobby is that deadlines and countdown clocks and pressure, rarely do those things lead to things getting finished on time. In fact, it usually has the opposite effect and it creates delays. It creates um, missed opportunities it creates lowered expectations by the customer it gets people frustrated they haven't taken anyone's money so no one's like giving these guys like pre-order money and no one's like oh you promised me a game on this date and i want it but they did say that they are going to get pinball out to you by march of 2019 that is just six months from now all right now okay how, how do you guys feel? I want you guys to email me what your feelings are on Deep Root and everything they're saying they're going to do in pinball to canadapinball at gmail.com. Um, you know, I, 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 am, I continue to be absolutely flabbergasted 
by the dramatic hyperbole and incredible claims and proclamations this team is making. But it also excites me to no end to hear them make these incredible claims because I would rather have someone boast to me that they're going to blow everything away versus what the other companies are doing. And I think they're all just approaching pinball the same way and, and, and like they can't do anything to dethrone Stern, right? So let's just like look at it like that for a minute. We live in the pinball world where nobody can even come close to touching what Stern is doing. And for us to get the best bang for the buck and for the games to get better, we actually need somebody that drives Stern to improve, right? The reason why Stern artwork is so good nowadays is because we bitched and moaned on Pinside about their shitty artwork and other artwork packages from other manufacturers got really good. And that's why Stern hired these artists. If they didn't have to, they would still be dragging and dropping the crappy Photoshop. Now, what do you think Stern's response is listening to Deep Root? Do they, do they consider these guys just a bunch of hot air? Like, can they easily dismiss Robert Mueller's team? I don't know. I don't know, like, how you can. Like, you've got to be somewhat curious what is going on. Another question I want to ask is what does a successful Deep Root do to some of these smaller guys? I mean, I if Deep Root is successful, if Robert and team are successful in doing what they want to do and doing what they say they're going to do, I feel like immediately overnight, companies like Spooky, American Pinball, and Jersey Jack Pinball are fucked. Like they, they literally... The companies that are probably the most nervous about Deep Root succeeding are those three. I, I mean, I think these guys, and even, I would even throw Chicago Gaming in there. If you've got Nordman, Papaduke, Norris, all these guys making new games, Barry Osler making new games uh, that they're excited about with new tech and new, you know, that feel modern, who the fuck wants the old, old stuff? Even if it's great games. Because, you know, what we haven't had is anyone... You know, again, do what these guys say they're going to do, which is make the best pinball ever, but make it in a modern way that's going to be incredible. No one has succeeded in getting Bally Williams error games back, you know, into the world the way everyone's wanted. And like, it's not even, it's not even about like trying to recreate the Bally Williams magic. You know, I've talked to Robert, like these guys, they just want to make, they, they think what pinball can be is better than even anything you've ever seen in Bally Williams there. And how do you not get excited by that kind of ambition? That's that they're doing with their dollar and their money and their capital. Do you think that anyone else in the pinball world is really trying to do that? I don't think so. So, you know, if you're those other companies, I think you're kind of terrified that these guys might in 2019 like completely fuck up your ability to survive. Um, but look, look, you, you might be like, Chris, you're out of your fucking mind, Chris. These guys haven't done anything. This is another like bullshit highway or Dutch all over again. And I just don't see it there, guys. I don't, I don't think you can compare the team and the resources these guys have to any of those failed ventures. 
But the question, the biggest question ever will always be, can they manufacture and can they get you a game? You know, Robert's saying they can build you and get you a game within two weeks. How? Where? Where's the line? You know, the reason why Stern can do that is they've got 200 women who come in every day and build your game. They've got that huge assembly line building your game. Where, where, Where's Deep Root going to do that? How are they going to do that? Um, now they claim they're going to do it. Octo manufacturing. So look, look, it all sounds crazy. But here's my ultimate takeaway. I'm happy that there's a company that wants to shake shit up. All right. I'm going to call them out a little bit on their bullshit at times. When they say stuff like, we're going to make more games in one year than, than all companies combined, I think that's a silly statement. I think it's stupid. I think it's unnecessary, Robert. You don't have to do that. Also, Robert, from a marketing standpoint, all right, this is Chris, marketing, talking directly to you. You don't want to release 10 pinball machines in a year. Why do that? Why do that to yourself? You know, space it out. You know, Disney doesn't release like 10 Star Wars movies in a year. Marvel does not release five to seven, you know, they don't release like all their films in one year. They're, I know you're trying to prove a point. I know you want to prove a point. I know you want to show the world what you can do. But here's the thing. Take it one step at a time. You don't have to, you know, show everything you guys have been working on all at once. Uh, it doesn't do you any good. You also don't have to sell 15 games a year. I would think that Deep Root, if they really want to like come into the market and they really want to shake shit up, think about it. Think about it. All you would need to do is have two games a year and you're immediately better than Spooky, immediately better than JJP, immediately better than American Pinball. And if those games are magical, if your two games a year are fucking the magic that you're describing, um, then people are going to buy them. They will buy them over, you know, the Stern games that just always seem to, you know, have the same sort of Stern feel and Stern layout and this and that, you know, lack of mechs, lack of magic, you know. I think people would gravitate towards them. But if, if you overpromise and then underdeliver, I think that is a recipe for um, disaster. And it also puts so much pressure on everyone there to do so many things at once. You know, I, I love the whole collaborative nature of Deep Root, but why not have all of them working to make two games or three games absolutely bonkers versus 10 games, right? Now, what do they know that we don't know? Don't you guys, I, I just feel like, what do they know? that we don't know? What have they figured out that we haven't figured out? And, you know, for that reason, I want to conclude this podcast by saying a couple things. One is, I can't wait for TPF 2019. I mean, book your room, book your flight. TPF 2019 is going to be the most, like, watched and followed event, I think, of any pinball show I've ever seen, ever. I mean, it literally, this feels like the Mayweather-McGregor of, like, pinball shows. Like, this is the one. Like, I feel like Ed could sell the show as a pay-per-view fucking event, right? Pay-per-view event. Well, speaking of pay-per-view event, didn't I allude to Mike Tyson being at Pinball Expo this year? I, I didn't even, I forgot to, to show you guys the clip. But, and then I'm going to conclude my show. But Mike Tyson was at the Deep Root Seminar. And he asked the following question. Now, you tell me after hearing this clip that this wasn't Mike Tyson at fucking Expo 2018. To be in, interchangeable, like, let's, like, like the Pinball 2000 series from, from Williams. So you have one cabinet you can, you can put, uh, like for each new game, you can just swap out a play field into it. 
No, there's not going to be any gimmicks in our in our uh, machines. Well, I guess Iron Mike is really looking for an Andrew Highway model of pinball, but come on, didn't that sound like Iron Mike? Unbelievable. Who is that guy? Um, you know, look, I think at the end of the day, you know, th this is really going to be the, the show that everyone is going to wait to see. Is, is Steve Ritchie, when we get to TPF, is he going to, is he going to, bum rush the five days of deep root and, and show the same level of arrogance he showed at expo when he did the q a like this this question is for dennis nordman are, are you gonna do green water blue water red water dishwater red water okay just curious and barry can you make another comic game hi john that's it thank you you know, I can't tell if he was being facetious or if he was actually like talking smack. But again, I think that kind of that kind of behavior from Stern, that kind of arrogance, I know that's what's fueling Robert and the team at Deep Root to prove a point. So, you know, TPF, we're all going to have to wait and see what happens. Now, I think this is going to create a climate where you'd be silly just to run and buy like every new game coming out now. Like, are you going to go buy Oktoberfest and Munsters and Beatles and, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean when you can just wait six months? And if you wait six months and you see what happens at TPF, then you'll be able to decide where to apply your money and you'll have way more options than you do today. So I think for the first time ever, we are going to see a Q4 sort of slow down on sales like never before in this hobby because I think people are going to start coming to their senses and realizing it's not going to be hard to get any of these machines. They all come up for sale. Look look at right now. I was looking. There's all these Iron Maiden LEs for sale now. There's even Iron Maiden LEs new in box for $9,000. Nothing, nothing remains unobtainium. And if you just let that small little hype window that Stern needs you to buy into so badly, if you just pause, you then realize, I don't need it right now. And I should actually wait until the game comes out that I really, really want to play. Now look, if hearing everything that Robert says they're going to do and... You know, if that doesn't make you want to just wait and see, then I don't know why you're even in this hobby. Because I think the point of them going to Expo was probably to get people to, like, wait. Wait until you see what we do. Look, and if they come out at TPF and they fumble and they fail, cool. You can go buy a Munsters LE. You can go buy a Beatles. You can go buy whatever, a Primus. You can go buy Stern Godzilla, whatever the next Stern must-have pin is. You'll find a million Deadpool LEs for like less than, you know, like like much less than $9,000. By then, people will be selling their Pirates of the Caribbeans for 2000 less than they paid for it. You know, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be able to go get a dialed-in and a, and a Hobbit at by TPF, probably for be, like below $6,000. Like I, I'm not even shitting you when I say this. There are so many of those games out there that they will all be going south fast. And if way more games are flooding into the market, you're going to see so many good deals to be had that it only makes sense to wait. All right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And, and, I, and I'm really going to wait because I said this at the very beginning. If you go back and you listen to me and, and how I talked about Deep Root from the very beginning, I've always said one thing. If 
Deep Root can fix the problems of Magic Girl. I am buyer number one. All right, give me serial number number one, Robert. I my I will buy Magic Girl on day one from these guys. All right, and I will buy a Deep Root pin that has the magic and the world under glass I've been looking for. And until I see what they do, I am not buying anything new from any other manufacturer. And that is not me shilling for them. That is just me saying, I think the wise man slows down right now and just sees what the options will be, right? It's kind of like when you buy a new car. Like if you don't go buy a car right before you know the new model years are coming out. You don't, unless you want a huge discount on the old model year. But when you know a completely redesigned Mustang is coming out, you don't go buy the last version of the old model. And I feel like we're at that point now where Robert is promising a whole new, a whole new pinball experience. Just wait. And, and it's not just him. He's got an entire team saying, just wait. You know, it's coming. You're going to be blown away. All right. I'm willing to believe that they're going to deliver. And I think, I think most of you out there who collect and, and buy pinballs should also just wait and see. Wait and see. And I think, too, like sending a message to Stern, I'm not just going to buy now. I'm not just going to buy everything you put out. I'm not just, just going to let you make me wait a year, Jack. I'm not going to let you like lock me in, Charlie, for a game for 18 months, you know? You know, I feel like right now every distributor is listening to this podcast be like, you asshole, Canada. You just cost me so much sales that I need to get this holiday. Um, I'm sorry, but like ultimately I think now is the time to wait. And I'll sign off this podcast by saying, who did I think won Expo? Like who won Expo? Um, you know, there's two ways to look at this. I mean, I think obviously when it comes to like reveal – I think that American Pinball and Oktoberfest won Expo in terms of like creating the most conversation and chatter, right? But the game didn't win. The game's not a win. The game's not a home run. The game's not like a slam dunk by any means, all right? I think coming out of Expo, if you think about it, like who's, who's got the momentum coming out of Expo? Who's got the real momentum that's like everyone's just like, you know, I can't wait to see what's coming next. The Expo was won by Deep Root. I'll tell you, they were one, and look, they won with words, which I, I rarely would ever say that, but I think they won it because they're going to have people talking and speculating so much more than everybody else uh, because they have to deliver on promises that we're not getting from any other manufacturer. Nobody else is trying to do what they're doing. And how, like, again, I only say this, and I know, like, I could lose listeners over this. I'm only saying this because of the entire team of people that are all validating those claims. Where else have we ever seen that many people validate claims? When Andrew Highway was making claims, it was only him, right? It was like an empty warehouse. Nobody else was saying the company was in good standings except for Andrew Highway and Hilton. And we all know what happened there. He fucking lied to us all and it failed. Same thing with Barry and Yop. It was just those two guys were trying to convince you things were okay. They lied, went under. It was just Kevin Kulik and Hilton convincing you that Skip B was okay and they went under. Steve Bowden, all right, 
if this goes under, we can all blame Steve Bowden because, Steve, we trust you so much. But if this goes well, I want Steve Bowden to come over my apartment and set up my magic girl and show me how to play through the game. I will buy number one. All right. Deep Root wins Expo because of what they've said, which I know seems hypocritical. But this has been episode 273 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Agree or disagree, hit me up at canadapinball at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, I know I've been delinquent on getting some of you on the show. Come on the show. Let's discuss this. Let's debate it. We have got an incredible six months ahead of us going to the five days of Deep Root. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.